What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, make it a part of your daily routine. Make your first listen and then tell your friends to do the same. We got a big show today with real news in the middle of June for the Trailblazers team that hasn't played a basketball game in a lo- good long while. A buyer has potentially emerged to purchase the Portland Trailblazers from the Allen estate and chair Jody Allen, who's representing her brother's estate. This is a big deal. The news first came out on Thursday, June 2nd. You were listening to Friday, June 3rd show, but the news was first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN on Thursday, June 2nd, that Nike founder Phil Knight and one of the Dodgers' partial owners, those Los Angeles Dodgers of, the Major, League, of Major League Baseball, Alan Smolaniski, has submitted a written bid to purchase the Portland Trailblazers. That bid believed to be north of two billion dollars uh real quick like you know phil knight he is the founder of nike with strong organ ties who's one of the 25 richest people in the in the world uh you know the biggest benefactor to the university of oregon one of the most powerful people in the state uh clearly deep roots deep ties to the northwest and to the sports scene here in the northwest you may have heard of Nike. Um, it's a popular shoe, shoe and athletic brand based in Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, Alan Smolaniski is maybe someone who you do not know. He's 42 years old and he's a partial owner of the Dodgers. Uh, Smolaniski got rich making student housing at USC as as a, a 20-something, uh, started developing and then and selling student housing and, and renting student renting and then eventually selling student housing uh, on the University of Southern California campus. They him and his business partner expanded the University of Santa Barbara. They made a a whole bunch of money being the primary providers of student housing at those two UC universities. Well actually USC is a private school, not a UC school, but regardless then he sold that for $205 million and started investing and, and continued some of the commercial real estate stuff and now is a very wealthy person at 42 and, and would be a member of this ownership group. Phil Knight, you know, 84, literally twice as old. Uh, the $2 billion price tag that reportedly the the uh, the the written submission is for is right around what the Blazers were valued at in Forbes. Forbes every year does like an annual NBA valuation. It is <laughs> Click gold, and Forbes got my click because in October twenty one, they twenty twenty one, they valued uh, the Blazers at two point oh five billion dollars. One of seventeen teams valued at at least one point nine billion. More than half the league is trending towards two billion bucks. That's the price of one of these things. So if the price tag surprises you, that's just what they're going for. Most recently, the Minnesota Timberwolves sold for one point six million dollars. Uh, sale that will is completed but as will be either the transfer of ownership coming in 2023 this is this is a new ownership group making an aggressive pull aggressive play for something that is you know at or slightly above the market valuation for the blazers but wait maybe the blazers are not for sale perhaps the blazers aren't are not on the market. Um, there has been a ton of reporting that suggests that 
not only is the, is the direction, is it just sort of moving in that direction? Uh, reported by Bleacher Report, reported by Jason Quick of The Athletic, reported by John Canzano on his uh, Substack newsletter that, that the Blazers are headed for a sale, right? Plugged in people reporting the Blazers are headed for a sale. Seems obvious. The way the team has been operating seems obvious they're headed for a sale, right? Like this is all of the indications are, including recent reporting from John Canzano that suggests that uh, not only are the Blazers headed for a sale, but that the Allen estate suggested that when, that the, like specifically the in, in Paul Allen's will, that after he passes, that not only that the team should be sold, that they must be sold, like legally written in there, they must be sold, both the Blazers and the Seahawks. So like... It always seemed like that's the direction they're heading. It's it is, if if the Blazers are not for sale, there's they're certainly available for purchase. Is that the way to say it? In fact, uh, th- that news, the Blazers not being for sale, was first reported by the New York Times and later reported by Adrian Wojnarowski in a follow-up in which he did not credit the New York Times. And uh, Woj wrote an offer was made. This is a Woj wrote a, a response from a Blazers spokesperson who said an offer was made by. Phil Knight, the team confirmed that Phil Knight made an offer. The team remains not for sale. That is the official word from the Blazers. Okay. What does that mean? Let's talk about it in the second segment. What does not for sale mean despite all of the information we know? And what did Adam Silver say about a potential sale of the Trailblazers prior to the start of the NBA Finals? Let's talk about that in the second segment. But before, can I... Can I tell you about Bilt Bar, guess what? They got granola bars now. And they come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. You want to try all three flavors? Well, you can. Get a mix box at Bilt.com right now. Listen, these granola bars, they've they've cracked the code. They, they absolutely have cracked the code to make delicious granola bars. They make delicious protein bars. My favorites for a long time, but they've expanded into the crunchy new world of granola, but they're still packing a punch. 15 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar to go with 150 calories. They're going to change your world. They're perfect for a snack in your lunch, to take on the road, or just to eat when you need one in the middle of the day. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and also provides a ton of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a delicious and healthy granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now to get the Built Granola Bars. Three delicious flavors to try. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. Get yours by going to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's for 15% off. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go get yourself some granola bars. All right. So... If the Blazers aren't for sale, what the hell does that mean? Well, like I said, maybe maybe available for purchase, but not for sale. My read on this is that the Blazers are not for sale in that they are not on the market. They are not being actively marketed. Actively marketed would be that they're putting materials together to suggest, here's what we believe the valuation of the sale is. Here's what the sale includes, a Memorial Coliseum, the the rights to the building, but not the dirt that, that the Rose Quarter sits on because you're ground leasing it from the city. Uh, like, the Blazers would be putting together, um, you know, some the, the sort of basic uh, marketing materials that would be the the business and the real estate that goes that's associated with running the Trailblazers. But if the, if they're not for sale, as the team contends, first reported by the New York Times and later confirmed by the by ESPN, is that 
the the process of purchasing the team is already happening regardless of whether whatever technicality you want to believe. Phil Knight and Alan Smolinski have already submitted a, riff, a written offer. They've spoken with team officials. They've talked to the league office. In fact, today at the at the NBA Finals, where uh, where the commissioner, NBA commissioner Adam Silver, or as my man Mike Breda calls him, Not Gold, your Mister Not Gold himself, said that the Blazers are indeed, that Phil Knight has indeed tried to purchase the Blazers and the Blazers are not for sale. More on what Phil Knight said, or more on what Not Gold said in a second. But Adam, Adam Silver acknowledged, Phil Knight is there, he's a buyer. If there's, they're acknowledging a buyer, but they're not for sale. Seems like someone's trying to purchase them and it's out in the open. You tell me what not for sale means. In addition to talking to the league office, to talking to team and officials, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, several groups that are interested in purchasing the Blazers have made their interest known to the team and the league office. For a team that is not for sale, there seems to be a lot of activity in the market. I, I My read here again is that the Blazers are not for sale. They're not for sale. They are not preparing things to sell the team. But they are supposed to sell the team because that's what's written in the in the will of Paul Allen and within the estate. That's the rules of, of, of Paul Allen's estate. They got to sell the team. And the people who have money are approaching them to use that money to purchase the team. If the team isn't for sale, why are billionaires lining up to purchase them? I think the difference here is that the team is not being actively prepared to be sold, but could and would be sold if a buyer emerges. And lo and behold, a gentleman dressed in all black who spends a bunch of time in Eugene, Oregon, and a whole other bunch of time in Palm Springs has emerged with his $50 billion and his Nike swooshes. And he's like, let me buy the team and keep them here. And keep them here is one thing I want to talk about. Adam Silver. I'll call him by his real name. I don't, I don't know him. I've, I've interviewed him in a group setting a couple of times. So I don't know him. Adam Silver said when asked about the team, he said, indeed, the Blazers will be sold, but perhaps not now. And the team is not for sale. That seems to be the party line. Adam Silver also said this, that the Blazers have been a wonderful, Portland has been a wonderful community for the Trailblazers and for the NBA for over 50 years. And that he hopes that a buyer would keep the team in Portland. His preference is that they remain in Portland. That was what he said. They remain in Portland. I was not under the impression that Portland was, that the Blazers were in any threat of moving from Portland. I know that a lot of people have written in the show like, oh no, what happens when a buyer comes? I don't know why I'm doing that to the listener voice. <laughs> let, me, let me try that one again. Sorry, dear listener, if you asked that question. Like people have written into the show, oh no, what happens if the team has been sold? Or, will they move? That's your uh, very serious business person voice. Uh, and I have said a bunch of times, I don't think they're going to move. And I don't think they're going to move for sort of... Obvious reasons. When the Seattle, Se Seattle Supersonics were sold, the, the move to OKC was ugly. And it remains ugly. And people are still mad that the, the team has been ripped out of Seattle, a much larger city than Portland, located in our region, and moved to Oklahoma City. Relatively close to Dallas, relatively close to the whole, you know, a whole hub of, of teams down there in, in, in Texas, like, a region that that is relatively well represented and and 
obviously OKC has has a pretty darn good fan base and has has been a, a good place for an NBA team, but not a good place to steal an NBA franchise. It was a bad look. And I assumed that that bad look would deter any NBA owner from moving them at any point. However, I'll say two things. When Adam Silver says he hopes or his preference would be that they remain in Portland, that sounds like some Seattle supersonic shit. That sounds like some Howard Schultz, David Stern, we hope the team remains in Seattle nonsense. And it was obvious at the time that they weren't going to stay there. I was really confident until I heard the words from Adam Silver today during his press conference. That press conference gave me less faith in the Blazers staying here. I still think it's relatively um, long shot, but that type of language is the type of language the league used. It's not strong. It's not strong. Hopeful preference is not strong language. That gave me a little bit of that. I heard that loudly. Those are the words I heard loudly. In addition, uh, the reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski when he first broke the story about Phil Knight. Um, and boy, what, what, did I hear those words loudly too? Phil Knight, huh? Uncle Phil. Um, was that the Phil emerging to purchase the team was an indicator that the team would stay in Portland. And to me, I initially read that tweet, and, and then eventually but Woj wrote it in a story that was published on ESPN.com. Like, I initially kind of read that as as doing someone a favor, kind of just or just kind of like a throwaway, throwaway little tidbit. But the Phil Knight would keep the team in Portland. My preference is the team remains in Portland. Suggests to me that there is a reality where the team would move, and that's the first time I've ever considered that. I still think that to be clear, and let me let me say this: if like if you listen to the first thirteen minutes and you're freaking out, let me say this here. I hope you stuck around for these ninety seconds later. I don't think they're going to move. I still don't. I still I still see that as a very very unlikely situation because of how poorly the Seattle move went. But I thought it was like a 0.2 percent chance, 0.02 percent chance even prior to today, and now I think it's like in the in the below five, but like you know whatever that is like. Many, many, many times greater than I did before. Just because of the language around the way it's reporting, the language around the way the commissioner spoke about it. You have to listen to the context clues. That's what that's what I'm good at here. Um, there's some stuff in this world that I'm not good at, but paying attention and trying to suss out the context clues, I feel like, is a strength of mine. Thanks for listening to the show. So that's where the Blazers find themselves. A team not for sale but clearly interested parties trying to purchase the team. And one interested party in particular, and if I had to bet, I bet that Phil Knight ends up buying the team. The, the way this kind of works, even if they're not for sale, I imagine that this works. In fact, John Canzano's reporting about this suggested that he believes that Burt Cold would try to push this price, the purchase price, up towards $3 billion. That's a lot of money. It would be a record. But and be, Sports franchises literally never get less valuable. They always increase in value. And, and owners, when they're buying sports teams, unless they're Mikhail Prokhorov, are buying them for long-term holds, like a decade or more. You're going to just, it's going to appreciate so much in value from $3 billion. You're going to make a whole bunch of money. You're not going to triple it in 10 years. You're not even going to make 30% in 10 years. But you will, you'll, if you, if you hold the team for 25 years, you're making money. You're making money. So I don't pretend to know what the price is going to be or how this is going to work, but just based on the way the reporting is going, it, it seems like Phil and 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 Mr. Smolin, Smoliniski will be 
very likely to be the buyers of the team, if not some other several interested parties. I, I think the sale is inevitable and a, and a quick sale happens. I, I believe a sale will be happening in the coming months just based on the momentum we're seeing now. Uh, the transfer of power would not happen right away. Like you saw in, uh, in, in, uh, Minnesota when, the, when, uh, when the ownership group purchased it from Glenn, T Glenn Taylor, uh, that it was like a four 14 month transition. It was, it was like, you know, purchase it in, in 2021 and in 2023, it'll, it'll happen for real. Like it's, it's, I think that's something like if it's, if some, if this, if the sale were to happen tomorrow, like at the, at the beginning of June, I don't think the ownership group would be intact by the fall. I think you're talking, you know, the new calendar year or whatever it will be, but they'll be there. And, and a new ownership group matters. That's what I want to talk about to close the show. I think new buyers, new, new, a new, the team being sold is good news. Let's talk about why it's good news in that third segment. Still a pass versus point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked on Blazers. The Trailblazers are going to be sold. They're going to be sold in the near future. And it is good news. If you are a fan of this team, it is good news. Here's why it is good news. Because ownership is the real competitive advantage in the NBA. The other real competitive advantage is glamour markets. It's places that are warm, like Los Angeles and Miami, and places that have um, different tax codes than we have in Oregon, like Texas and Florida, and uh, among others. It's proximity to things like Hollywood, that, or New York City, or tech in San Francisco. Things, those things matter. Those things matter. Those are advantages. But for the other sort of relatively level playing field, you know, of the those, there's like eight teams in those markets, right? For the other 22 teams who are, who are admittedly playing a different sport, competing on a different level, ownership is the biggest competitive advantage you can have. Look at the situation that just played out in Minnesota and in Denver, where the Minnesota Timberwolves were purchased by a new ownership group who then made an aggressive play to get one of the best GMs, one of the best uh, you know, front office executives in the league into their front office. They offered him a whole bunch of money, $40 million. And they said, you know, you can have, there'll be a clause in your contract that you can get a raise as the valuation of the franchise goes up. They didn't give him championship or uh, ownership equity as, as was first reported, but they gave him a chance to make 40 million and some more. And the Denver Nuggets didn't decide to match. They let him walk. They've now let Masai Jiri walk, perhaps the best front office executive in the NBA, and now let Tim Connolly walk, his predecessor, who has been pretty darn good in building this team. One ownership group, newly committed, new blood, incredibly aggressive in trying to get better, and another ownership group, the Cronkies, who have priorities in other places. The Cronkies spent a bunch of money on Los Angeles Rams. They spent a bunch of money on Arsenal. They don't appear to spend that same amount of money on the Denver Nuggets. It's not the same thing. Ownership is a competitive advantage. In, in Minnesota, with a more aggressive ownership group, it's a distinct advantage. Money isn't the only thing that, a, that ownership, you know, that ownership needs. Uh, you know, like, look at the Kings, owned by an extremely wealthy person, Vivek Vanadive. He just meddles too much in front office stuff, and they've churned through coaches and executives and and not hired the right people and gotten out of the way and let the right people do a good job. I mean, maybe Monty McNair gets a chance to do that, but bad ownership comes in a variety of flavors. It's not just being cheap. Good ownership is the biggest competitive advantage you can have. 
Sacramento, like Portland, like Minneapolis, like Denver, does not have the sort of geographical and glamour pulls of other markets. You've got to win by being smart and being willing to spend. In Golden State, where they do have a distinct advantage, one of the things that, that, that they really did is Joe Lacob said, we won all these championships, our roster's too bloated. They were bad for two seasons. Like, you know, they had 15 wins uh, during, the, during the, the super shortened year, the COVID year. Uh, but he kept spending money. That's an advantage. The willingness to keep an expensive roster intact. I believe the Golden State Warriors are paying over $170 million in luxury tax. You know what Joe Lacob knows? He knows that he has billions of bucks and it doesn't matter. And if you want to win, the way to win is to spend. The good teams spend money to go get it. In fact, uh, nearly every uh, finals team except for the early Warriors of the last decade because of a strange situation with Steph Curry's contract in 2015, uh, have been luxury tax paying teams. To compete in the NBA, you have to spend money. Ownership is your advantage. You look at the LA Clippers, a longtime laughingstock, but when Steve Ballmer took over and bought that team for over $2 billion, he has invested a great deal of money. And they're really good. Don't get it twisted. They've had some bad luck, but they also had the best season in Clippers history making the Western Conference Finals despite all of that bad luck. And they've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on building a competitive roster that can go do it. They're building themselves a new stadium. They're going to be a team that is just straight up better than the Lakers yet again. Because ownership is a competitive advantage. And while the Lakers, a family business crying poverty because they won a championship without any fans in the, cra- in the stands and certainly lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of that, have, have made some cost-cutting measures. Ownership group and a new ownership group in Portland committed to winning and committed to spending the money it takes to win can only be a positive for the Blazers. Portland is the only team in the NBA without a G League team. A new ownership group should immediately invest in a G League team. Immediately. Immediately. Day one. Immediately. There is no reason to not do that. The reason you do that is because you are waiting to sell the team and there's no reason to invest in that in the future. A new ownership group in Portland can only be a positive thing, whether that is this Knight-Smolenisky duo or someone else. You should be rooting. If you root for the fighting pinwheels, you should be rooting for the, for the Blazers to be sold and for a new and committed ownership group to purchase this team and make winning and spending the money it takes to win a priority. You will never compete with South Beach, Hollywood, Man, freaking Hatton. But the playing field for the other 22 teams that aren't in those markets is largely determined by the commitment and competency of ownership. The Blazers, for a long time, had the commitment and competency of a committed, deep-pocketed, heavy-spending ownership. After Paul Allen passed, they haven't had that. And quite frankly, I think there's been too much criticism of Jody Allen because she didn't ask for this. I don't think Jody Allen is a particularly cool lady. In fact, the reporting I've read about her, I'll give her two thumbs down. But she's doesn't she didn't want to own an NBA team. She's the executor of an estate, the chair of an estate. The Blazers need real direction and real leadership at the top. If you root for this team, root for them to get a new ownership. Because Not only would Phil Knight root them here and keep them here, but he also has the type of deep pockets to allow this team to go chase it down. You got to spend to win in this league. 
a new ownership group is going to be the thing that that helps this team take the necessary steps forward. They're not going to win anything under the Allen estate. Like they could be mediocre, no problem. But like truly competitive, they're going to need the commitment of a new ownership group to do so. So root for the sale. Root for the sale. Root for the sale. If you're rooting for the Trailblazers, you're rooting for them to have a new ownership. Thanks for listening. We've got more shows next week. Lock the Blazers every day of the week. Five days a week. Your only daily Trailblazers podcast. We churn through it. It's June. We're churning out daily podcasts. So look for us wherever you get podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Make us your first listen every single day. we got more interviews coming next week. If you missed any interviews this week, we did a couple draft interviews with folks from the Locked On Draft Network, Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen, who host Locked On NBA Big Board. It's draft season. We're going to do more of it. We're going to come with more shows next week. So tune in. Tell your friends. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.